Thank you for tuning in to the program once again, or if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes of the podcast coming at you every Friday, available on iTunes and all the streaming services. I don't know why I'm telling you where to listen to it. You obviously have have found a way to consume this thing, but uh, if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, say a few nice words, give the show five stars if you feel like it's deserving of so, and uh, that will really help propel the podcast into the tops of those iTunes charts, which makes it uh, more visible and uh, helps strangers find the podcast if they can look into those top music podcasts that are listed and see my big dumb face sitting there maybe uh, a stranger will click on it and uh and enjoy it so uh it's a free way to support it only takes a few minutes and uh, i appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken that step in supporting the podcast and uh just much love to all the listeners out there you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances from bands and live show performances, a short documentary on a band called Tribe Mars, and uh, much more to come. You can click subscribe there as well, and uh, then you will know when the fresh videos hit the feed. They will send you an alert, and you will be in the know, and then you can uh, you can view these videos. Said videos will be available for free on that their youtube channel so uh check it out how's everybody doing out there hope you are uh hope you are doing well we have a doozy of an episode i'm so excited to uh, to get into this thing i had andy and drew on the, the podcast from the hot garbage podcast another local portland podcast that has been going on for the last five years or so and uh those guys have been putting episodes out consistently for a long time and i had the pleasure of being a guest on hot garbage a couple years ago or so and uh i have been meaning to get these dudes on the podcast and i was stoked that we finally made it happen and uh we will definitely get into that momentarily i do want to uh point your attention to the calendar uh some some upcoming shows at the uh the library at growler's tap room where i do the booking of the music um we got this friday if you're listening on release day skull diver is playing and uh they are headlining this show at the library with uh, a couple touring bands nervous lovers and jay gregory Jay Gregory, former guest of the podcast. Um, super stoked for that one. And then the following night on March 16th, we've got uh, Salt, new band in town. Salt. This is uh, 
members of Lily St. Anne make up this band. So I'm stoked to uh, to hear what Salt is like. Lily St. Anne, Elizabeth Fagan was uh, just on the podcast recently. If you go back a few episodes, you will find that there. Lee and the Bees also on the bill. Been hearing great things about Lee and the Bees. I have not seen them play live yet, but nothing but good things have been said from uh, their peers about their tunes so that's going to be a rad show as well and then the following week we've got uh one of my uh favorite duos in town pretty gritty is playing the fine folks of pretty gritty with uh ghost town cinema ghost town cinema rather and uh caitlin convery so that will be a rad show as well plenty more coming at you from the library the Maxwell Cabana show there with Dusty the Gorilla and Easy There Tiger was great. I heard good things. I was out of town, but uh, everybody seemed to enjoy that quite a bit. Maxwell Cabana is uh, a band not to miss. They're playing later in, in April, April 12th. They'll be at the library. One of my favorite bands in town and uh, just a really fun group of dudes to hang out with. So that is April 12th. And then the following day, April 13th, another PDX Music Video Fest is going on at the Clinton Street Theater. Stoked to be putting that thing together with uh, Sam Densmore. We're showing a bunch of music videos from uh, all local artists. And then there is a billing of uh, Camp Crush, Sam Densmore and his band, and uh, Skulldiver is headlining that show. So that is April 13th. It's an all-ages show, which is killer. So bring your children and uh, tell your younger siblings or just people around town that don't get the opportunity to uh, go to every show because so many of them are 21 and over. This is, uh, this is the show for you. Everything kicks off at 5. It's going to go till about 10.30 and uh, really stoked to see how it all pans out. We've like I said, amazing billing of bands, all bands that have been on the podcast before, which is great. Camp Crush, Sam Densmore, and Skulldiver. Um, one more calendar date, and we will uh, we will get things going with the, the fellas from Hot Garbage. But this is the big banger. This is the one that I am so stoked about. 420, make your 420 plans. This 420 fest. That is going on at the Cider Riot Warehouse. Really excited about this bill. Um, it features some of my favorite bands in town, including Seattle favorites. High Pulp is on the bill. Tribe Mars on the bill. Weed. Weed is on, on the bill. And uh, Super Secret Band will be opening the show. It is their album release show. You'll be hearing more from super secret bands on this podcast in the upcoming weeks um, they get mentioned in this episode as well but uh, more to come about them really stoked about the work that those guys are doing and um, i'm just extremely pumped about uh, that 420 show this is definitely the biggest show that i've thrown since the uh, the doug fur filming that we did back in november with autonomics Gold Casio and Strange Hotels will be premiering 
the uh, the first video from the Autonomics set next week. So stay tuned for that. Those videos came out amazing. Shout out for his Brennan for his uh, his great video work as as well as the uh, the other shooters that we had that night. And uh, my man Mountaineer Mike, who mixes down almost every single episode of this podcast, and uh, is also responsible for all of the live audio from those um, those studio sessions as well as the the live performances and these Doug for videos as well um, got to see that dude today and and uh, it's just a, a pleasure to be working with so many talented people it's it's uh, it's inspiring and uh, they're just such sweet and good people and uh, that always makes it all the better so 420 fest. It's only ten dollars. It's four amazing bands, and uh, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep that in your ear. I'm gonna keep bugging you about it and letting you know that it's happening in these upcoming weeks. So, stay tuned for all that. This week, as mentioned before, I've got Drew and Andy from the Hot Garbage Podcast, which is a, a weekly show that comes out, and uh, it's centered around music. There's always a, a weekly playlist that uh andy usually brings some tunes in and he has the guest bring some tunes in as well there's a lot of local music that gets played there's um other independent artists from not just the united states but all over the world because andy is um just very very committed to to continue to keep digging for for new music which is rad because not everybody has the patience to do so and and he's good at kind of sifting through the bullshit and uh bringing you a lot of different styles of music which i really appreciate and uh and drew is is just very good at at talking to people and and seems to uh be able to ask the questions that uh trigger people to uh I mean, not trigger them in a negative way, but it it uh, it triggers conversation, and uh, and they really allow people to to tell stories on there and and go off on tangents that may have have nothing to do with the uh, the music or the creative process, and and just really allows you to to get to know people through through the episode and. Uh, it's it's definitely something I encourage y'all to to check out, especially if you if you dig this show, which hopefully you're listening to this because you dig it and you're not you're not like hate listening to it. Everybody has those things. I mean, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, you know, they tune into things just just so they can they can hate on it, whether it's a TV show or a podcast. So I hope that you're not uh, tuning into this podcast on a weekly basis. So that you can uh, criticize the fuck out of me or something <laughs> along those lines. But uh, Hot Garbage, available every week. Those guys hustle. It's, uh, it's inspiring and we had, such a, we had such an awesome hang. We could, we could have easily done another hour. I'm confident we probably could have talked for a couple more hours. Uh, we were on some, a bit of time constraints. I had a hockey game to attend to after. But um, I've already talked to both of them, 
since doing this this episode and um i think we all agreed that we should do this more often and i'm kind of hoping that maybe they become more regular guests and every couple of months maybe we kind of check in with each other and and have these conversations and uh, there's so much stuff that i didn't even get to as far as asking them about things so i'm definitely going to have them back and and hopefully i will uh have the opportunity to make another appearance on hot garbage this was such a cool chat we we talked a a lot about a lot of different things some of it can definitely be uh, considered talking shop and kind of going behind the scenes of of how each of our shows kind of operate and whatnot one of the things that we got into was a discussion about keeping our episodes up that uh, feature uh, the thermals frontman Hutch Harris, who was recently on this podcast, I think it's episode 147. He's been on Hot Garbage um, two times as well, but uh, recently some information came out about Hutch and uh, some some behavior, some some things, some past tweets from from years ago surfaced. And from those tweets surfacing, it seemed that some some people came out to uh, affirm some of this behavior. And um, you can definitely um, go on the internet and, and search it up a little bit. But uh, definitely there were some, some tasteless tweets put out. And it's... Uh, you know that's one of those things where you can never tell what somebody's maybe intention was maybe they were joking about certain things but they were definitely in, in super poor taste if that was the situation but um and like i said more more things have surfaced since then to maybe show that uh hutch is you know his character is is in question because of all these things and and it it looks rightfully so and i'm certainly not pumped about the things i was i was very uh i was very caught off guard when i when i started hearing these things because i had this amazing conversation with this dude and i had such a good time hanging out with him and it was uh it was a cool episode for me because I know what a legend this dude has been in the Pacific Northwest music scene. And, and for a lot of indie artists, the, the thermals have been a big inspiration, including past guests. And, and I was kind of, uh, you know, I was just a little heartbroken to see these things come out because I assumed he was a different dude. And, um, it's it's uh it's hard to say now who Hutch Harris is and I also shouldn't assume that I know per- know someone in depth after getting to spend an hour with them just because we had a cool conversation doesn't it doesn't mean that he is who I want him to be and um yeah, it's I don't know. This it's just something that I've been thinking about as far as uh, what what to do with these types of episodes because on on one hand it's it's like I don't 
I don't necessarily want to encourage people to uh, to support his uh, his recent endeavors, his 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 new record. Even though I think it's great, I mean that that's the thing that's that it's undeniable that the Thermals are a killer band, and a lot of those records still are going to mean a lot to a lot of different people it doesn't mean the music isn't good anymore and it doesn't mean that conversation we had wasn't rich or full of cool history of of portland music and and the whole early scene of sub pop records you know i i think that stuff to me is of still of value you know it wasn't uh that conversation to me isn't isn't certainly isn't uh me verbally you know stroking hutch harris's ego of of you know saying what a great guy he is you know that i think that would you know maybe misrepresent the uh the current image of him and that's why i'm kind of torn about pulling that episode down or keeping it up and and that was something i wanted to talk to to Andy and Drew about to see if they had thought about it at all. And they, they also, you know, seem to be torn and, and we're certainly, you know, not supporting his behavior. And, and that's, that's something that's important to all of us for the listeners to understand is that we, we don't fuck with this behavior and, and we don't want that to be a part of our music scene or any music scene or, or any community in general, like uh, music aside. So, um, I'm interested to hear people's thoughts. Um, I've been thinking about like a dude like Mark Marin, who's had so many people on his podcast and, and like he had, um, Ryan Adams on his podcast, maybe a couple months ago, maybe three months ago, but you know, in recent weeks, things about Ryan Adams have come out and it's like, is, is Marin... Mark Marin, for everybody that doesn't know, hosts a podcast called WTF. It's probably one of the biggest podcasts that exists and has really exposed the whole podcast platform. But is Marin taking down the episode with Ryan Adams, the the conversation he had with him prior to any of this coming out? Yeah, I I don't know, and um, I think it's just a it's an interesting spot to be in because so uh, we you know the hot garbage fellas and myself we we had hutch on prior to having any any knowledge of this so that this wasn't part of the conversation it's not like either of us were uh giving this this known abuser or or um this dude who seems to have wronged some people a platform to promote his music or or the uh the things that he has been a part of so it's a complicated situation and um you know if you want to if you want to voice your thoughts you can hit me with an email dan cable presents at gmail.com i know this this intro is uh getting long i know every once in a while these things get long but i just thought i thought it was important to address because um i i talked to drew and andy about whether they wanted to include this this portion in in this episode and we all agreed 
that it was an important conversation and, and we just want people to know that we are thinking about these things we are considering them and and uh yeah we should we should definitely we should get into this thing and uh you can follow me at dan cable presents on instagram i will put all of the links to um to everybody included in this episode including all four musical artists that we feature four different music artists um i asked drew and andy to pick the the tunes for this episode because they are also dudes that have their finger on the uh the pulse here in portland oregon they've both been supporting local music for a long time so it was awesome that um that they brought the tunes in and it was also great because they brought in four bands four artists that have never been featured on this podcast so i think that is rad and also a testament to something that's brought up as far as just always discovering new pockets of the portland music scene and it's kind of this never-ending thing so we got lots of music to get into we got a lengthy episode and i have uh just hit the 20 minute mark of this uh this this introduction this monologue if you will and you're probably wondering when the fuck this thing is going to start so all the links are going to be in the episode notes so you can follow the hot garbage podcast i asked you to subscribe to this thing rate it review it that's all super helpful to me and i want you to do the same for the hot garbage folks go check out some of these episodes Start maybe with the most recent one or find a band that you really like. We are going to kick off episode 153 with uh, a track by a band called Queen Chief. This is North Dakota Spirit. Episode 153 with the Hot Garbage Fellas coming at you. Let's do it.
I'm I'm stoked to fucking hang out with you guys. Uh, I feel like this is a little long overdue, but I knew it would happen. We thought so too. We you know? thought so too. No. <laughs> You've been busy. You've I mean, got, uh, you know, we keep an eye. You've got a, a huge guest list to tend to. So we are really grateful that you had us. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I had such a good time hanging out on the uh, the Hot Garbage podcast. Um, that was probably like a year and a half ago or... Yeah, I think it was in... Two mm-hmm. or something. And surprise, everyone, we're still doing it. <laughs> You're still doing it. Yeah, we are. That you- podcast still comes out every week. I went to a parent night tonight uh, for school, and the whole thing was about consistency. And it kind of showed me that I have almost no consistency in my life except for this podcast. I consistently show up in my garage every week with Drew, and we put this shit out for people. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's that's you know one of the most impressive things about something like this is the consistency that you guys have been able to put out episodes because you you've surpassed like the five year mark or so yeah. since yeah. starting this thing coming like up how, on 250 here 250 episodes yeah which is we're that's like, huge i think we're in like the 230s right now something like that we'll yeah. have to do something for the 250 because that, mm-hmm. that is that does feel i guess when you look back that feels like a benchmark but honestly it is zipped by i cannot believe that it's been Five years, and yeah. there's so many more bands that I would want to have on, and so many more comedians. It's crazy. We haven't even. I feel like we're yeah, just scraping the surface of the people that we would like like to talk to. Yeah, where where do you think the the drive comes to like to put out a consistent product? Because like Andy, you just said there's like nothing in your life that's yeah. as consistent as as making sure that this podcast comes out, yeah, including your my, three yeah. small children, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and no. your parenting yeah. and care for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it suffers. Uh, <laughs> it's. I feel like I feel like they all love the podcast too. My kids are huge podcast fans. I got them in early. I got them listening to you know like uh, WTF and uh, you know This American Life real early. Guys, we fucked. You know all the all the ones that kids should be listening. My dad made a porno, and I did. That's Um, a great podcast. Yeah, it is. And I'm also (laughs) making a porno called My Dad Made a Porno. Made a porno. (laughs) It's gonna be great. But I don't know, man. For me, music is just something that's so ingrained in everyday life. And I'm constantly listening to new music and searching out new music. And Portland is such a, just such a town full of different scenes. Every time I think I've got a handle on what's going on, there's some new scene with 50 more bands I've never heard of. Yeah. And it's great, man. It's just really, I've, I want my friends to listen to good music. And it kind of snowballed into a podcast. And I've always thought, outside of like you and your circle of friends being really stoned and talking about music, it's really, it's hard to talk about music in a way that's entertaining for other people. Um, I've always think it's so subjective that it's like really intense to be in this conversation about things you love with someone that you're friends with or someone that you care about or someone that you're really vibing with, but that doesn't always translate to a listener. And so I wanted to make sure that we were, um, you know, trying to bring a little bit of life to the conversation about music in a way that our guests were interested in and other people might want to listen to. So that's another thing that is important to me. Not only keeping up with music and giving people some really cool stuff to listen to, but trying to have an interesting conversation about how people create and what's important to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and trying to translate how things have resonated with you and whatnot as far as how the tunes have hit you and, and how important that music has been to you. And... Um, yeah, I kind of had that realization that the, uh, a few weeks ago in the car. I was listening to some music, and I don't even remember what it was at this point, but just kind of having this overwhelming feeling of, of this is like the most amazing song, but also realizing someone else might not feel that way. Or like, Hold on a second. This is the most amazing song, and you can't remember what it was? Think back. <laughs> what were you listening to? 
man, I want to say that I was listening to some some Duran Jones and the Indications. Oh, I haven't heard that. That sounds is a band that has uh, become one of my favorite bands. It's just incredible throwback soul R and B band. But nice. But uh, yeah, just kind of realizing that that my feelings about that music are completely unique and and that it's sometimes it is hard to communicate like why a band hits so hard for for yourself or and see i think that's i don't different. have that filter in my brain you don't you don't. No, i hear a song and i'm like i feel this in this certain way all my friends need to feel this too and i go home and i make 14 mix cds and <laughs> deliver them by hand to all my friends not even fucking joking that's that's how deeply i love music and that's why i can't stop i think it's an addiction well, and I, I do think that is like the linchpin of the show. I think it's driven entirely by Andy's like passion for digging and exactly what he's I mean, that's not bullshit. That's like something that's that's very real. Yeah. He has always been making mixed CDs. It's always like twenty one great tracks or something that you've never heard before. Of every genre. Every genre. They, there's no there's no boundaries for him. And so I mean I uh grew up in the Midwest listening to the radio. I didn't have like the older brother. I didn't have like a, a conduit to cool music that some people get. So to have someone like Andy now who can expand my horizons musically is really cool. And it's fun to share that. And uh, most of the time he's got pretty good taste. But I was thinking about what you were talking about when you were listening to that song and how it is a completely subjective experience. I think that's different than it used to be. I think for a lot of people, like at least of, of my age, I grew up like in the '90s, went to high school in the '90s. Same. Um, we get it. You're old. Well, getting, getting a little old. What I'm saying is like late 90s. There was more of a monoculture uh, and like common touchstones for music, and uh, that's totally different now. So you almost there was a lot of your identity that was wrapped yeah. up in the music you selected Absolutely. in a way that I don't think exists. I feel anymore. like a lot of people I knew only listen to punk or they only listen to like uh fish and the grateful dead and jam bands or they only listen to like radio rock and it really defined kind of their personality and the people they hung out with whereas now every person you ask hey what's your kind of favorite kind of music oh i listen to a little bit of everything That's yeah everyone's answer and it's true do you think it's just maybe also because there's just so much more exposure to all types of music of, like yeah. the access to everything yeah. is a pretty level playing field i think that's a big of the part internet. of it you can really you know, pick and choose things from here and there, and you can listen to everything. Whereas before, it was like, oh, shit, I like punk music, so I'm going to buy this CD because I have $10, and that'll be the music I get to listen to, you know, yeah. for right now. Were you were you always drawn into, like, a bunch of different types of music, Andy? Cause, well, like, I mean, my, my came from, like, a family who was really into music. Uh, not musicians, but just big fans of, like, blues and reggae. And I had a cool uncle who really liked uh, early heavy metal and like grunge. He turned me on to like Melvin's and like Tom Waits and Misfits and stuff like that. But on top of that, I figured out that the library had a music system really early. And I was just like renting every different genre of music that I can think of. I'd be like, ooh, that looks cool. What's Zydeco music all about? Oh, that's really cool. What's this West Indies funk music from 1977? You know, just like anything. There was no consequence. It wasn't like I had to purchase it. I could just take it home and I would listen to it and just absorb it all. Yeah, that's rad that you were like so open to it at even an early age because mm -hmm. I think that's that's not something everybody is like, oh, this is available. I should be open to this thing mm -hmm. and see how it affects me. Well, a lot of that too was I wanted to be the guy that found the cool shit. I made a lot of mixtapes. Like as soon as I figured out you could record music onto another tape in whatever order you wanted. Yeah, I was like, sweet, I'm going to make the craziest mixtapes ever. And that's what I did for years. Yeah, because I, I mean, just from listening to the Hot Garbage podcast and the, and the music, 
that you bring to the table because usually the guests that you have on bring some tunes Mm -hmm. and then you select some tunes Mm -hmm. as well and it's always very spread out from all over the world is that shit like just continue to blow blow your mind that this dude is just always like that he's not going to be satisfied and he's just going to keep digging well he's gotten me into the habit of like if I'm bored at work and I've got like a little bit of downtime, I will just go on to Bandcamp and try to like find the most esoteric tag that I can and just like follow that through. And I'm a big I'm a big list maker. I'm a big like collector of little shit. So I'll listen to ten seconds of this song and I'll write out an artist if I like it and I can go back and listen. So uh, I think if you're willing to do that, like there's a ton of music to be found out there. What's great is that Andy brings it to me, so he's giving me the head start when I get bored and I want to make a little bit of list of something. So I, it, that's what's really what I'm grateful for. But yeah, I'm totally blown away. Yeah, I'm blown away by by Portland. Like we've been doing it for five years, and I can't believe that there are like so many stones left unturned. It's unbelievable to me how little I know about what's going on out there on, on any given Saturday night, even in this city. Same man, like the the list just continues to grow of all these bands i want to have on and and it seems like it seems like very similar to all the different places i want to eat here like it's just never going to happen like there's just too many rad places to eat and there's too many amazing bands to to even be able to keep up with and they come and go too you're like oh i've been meaning to eat there for like two and a half years and now it's yeah and it's the same with bands like oh man i just discovered them and they haven't put out an album in a year and a half and they're not playing shows anymore well yeah because so many of those bands even stem out from like side projects too yeah from from Mm -hmm. just them like musicians hanging around the same circles and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's like hey we started this band and that band is like playing Doug Fur for the like their for their third yeah. show and exactly. they're playing yes. Doug Fur and it's yes. just like what the fuck dude like who's this band or you go to a house party and you're like hey dude I know you from this other band and they're like oh I'm in this new band it's called Super Secret Band and you're like I oh, wait a minute who are all these people and it's just a new band that has come together from a bunch of other bands you know about Super Secret Band yeah they're dope yeah. I'm uh. I have some affiliation with those those fellows. Nice. So yeah, I can't wait to see more music from them. Dan, yeah. you're on you're on marimbas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 420 though. Throwing yeah. a, a 420 show at the the old warehouse with those guys. That's nice. Gonna be yes. That's gonna be rad. I um, saw them at uh, I saw them at Porch Couch, a cool house nice. that does like uh, basement shows. Yeah. And with the but another band, uh, I want to say they're called. Maybe Lahaina or Lahana. They were a kind of one of those loud, quiet, loud bands, kind of like a deaf heaven. They're okay. all really young. They're from California. They were on tour. Uh, the really interesting part about that band is they had a six-string bass and a synthesizer in the Whoa. band, and it had a lot of cool, atmospheric. It was heavy as shit, but also it had these really quiet, pretty parts. So I wish I knew their actual name, but I could promote them more. But yeah, yeah. Drew, you seem to, uh, you know, like you're you're sensibility of the podcast seems to be that you are pretty solid at, at like facilitating these conversations and and getting people to you know reveal things about them and whatnot have you always been uh someone very curious or just somebody that that felt like oh, they would very be, be good at you know conducting a conversation or just an interest in in interviewing or anything along those lines growing up well i guess i have been I'm interested in what I'm interested in, and I've never been too worried about asking someone about that. Um, and I do think that um, I feel like since I'm genuinely curious, uh, I do listen pretty well. And I think people feel comfortable talking about themselves when they feel like someone is genuinely interested and if someone's actually paying attention. Yeah. I remember when you were on our show, you talked about like part of 
like facilitating the show is making sure to like listen. You've got these ideas about where you want things to go, and you can sometimes yeah. forget to like, oh, all right, we're we're human beings. We're having a conversation. Yeah, I need to pay attention in case they don't answer exactly the way that I plan them to answer. But um, my day job, I do a lot of interviewing. And in my past work, I was like a recruiter for four years, and so I was doing a lot of my own recruiting and interviewing people for positions. And You're a legitimate pro interviewer. Yeah, I've interviewed <laughs> professionally for like nine years, and then my current job, I interview a lot of executives and, and do stuff like that. So repetition, I guess. I guess that's the, my 10,000 hours of interviewing. Yeah, I, I can't wait till you get to be that dude that comes in and just like, like audits an entire office and fires half of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's Drew's the executioner. Oh shit! Here no, he comes. You're the shitty guy from Office Space. Yeah, I got yeah. some. I got some. Oh no, he's interviewing I got everyone. Some people to shit can at my office right now. <laughs> I've got a long list going. <laughs> like Arya Stark. You guys are all caught up on Game of Thrones, right? No. All right, I'm out. You should. You I'm should. not out. This is not. <laughs> that's not an attack on people who like Game of Thrones. I didn't mean to be so derisive. I'm out. I never no, started. Just, yeah. How about that? How there about is, that? <laughs> For oh a hot take. It takes a lot of guts. I'm just saying, uh, there's a very strong sense of fulfillment of being caught up on Game of Thrones right now that I've never had from another TV show. I thought wow. you said this on the show and then you were like three seasons in. You caught up with where you wanted to be, but not with the actual show. <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, I, I did. I watched them all. Like Pokemon. Um, since you've done so much interviewing, do you feel like you kind of have this this core approach to every time to doing it, or or is it something that you have to adjust on the go to most of the time, depending upon the guest? These wild guests. <laughs> uh, you have to adjust. You do have to pay. Like what I we're like at, we're in Andy's house. We record in his garage, which has been converted to a pretty good studio. It's right. And it's a fun space. But these are people that are showing up like at ten o'clock at night. On a random Monday with two or three strangers, our, our producer Nate can't be here, but he's there. Shout it's out, three Nate. strange. Or he dudes might be here. You don't even in know. someone's <laughs> garage, and it took us a little while to realize that would make people like instinctively uncomfortable. And so, you really just have to try to get them into a place where they're comfortable sharing. And we again, do that with marijuana. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> a lot I of weed, that, a lot of booze. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Dan, um, when I was I was texting someone about coming on, and my phone auto corrects you to dabs, nice instead of Dan. So perfect. Uh, I think yeah. that's a damning. Uh, I gotta say though, um, as a whole, I'm kind of uh, disappointed in Portland's musician community. Not a lot of heavy weed smokers <laughs> out there these days. I think uh, since weed's become legal, it's not as cool to smoke it anymore. And people <laughs> are just like, maybe I just don't need to like. Chief giant blunts every day. But what I, I admire are the bands that come on and and think they like to smoke weed. Yeah, dude. And then just they they just take they step up and you know that shit is funny, mm, dude. Sometimes it takes them down because as good of an interviewer as Drew is and keeping us on point, I am that good at trying to murder every episode we do with stupidity and weird questions. Yeah, Andy will like not only he won't interrupt me necessarily, he'll let me ask an entire question and then he'll zip right into that little <laughs> space between the question and and the answer to ask about like and the tangent. kind of pizza. Yeah. 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 Which I think you've gotten better at. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the charm though. Like, well I think that's, that's what I mean. He's gotten is... better at like picking his spots. Like yeah, he can see the cracks coming. But pukes there's been them. a few episodes where Drew's been sick or couldn't make it and I thought I could just Hammer at home and power through, and uh, some of them have gone pretty well. I've brought in some like guest hosts. We had um, uh, Jason Traeger come in and guest host one time with me. We introduced, we interviewed uh, Joanne Shinderly. She's pretty great. One time we interviewed, or I interviewed uh, Anna Tibble with uh, 
Louis Longmire as the guest host. Oh yeah. And you found out ultimately that I'm replaceable. That's no, what the lesson no. as long as the out, guest host is cool. Yeah. It turns you're out I, almost a better idea, actually. <laughs> to have a guest, guest host. host. <laughs> you're yeah. out, Drew. But yeah. That's that's what I thought. But it turns it's out uh, I can't do Drew's role. I suck at it. It's I'm really bad at it. And uh I only do what I do. So we do a couple yeah. segments on the show that Actually, if done properly, should take a little bit of writing and a little bit of preparation. And then he's like, "Ah, no, nah, I'm gonna wing it. I'm just gonna like, go into oh, this those segment." Have been some of the worst of all time. And I always listen with some grim satisfaction that you just just totally fall I just on your nose face. Dive. Just eat shit. <laughs> it's happened so many times on the show where I'm just like, "This bit is spiraling out of control. I'm not a professional comedian. I don't know what to do," and it just falls apart. And sometimes you can hear in the edit that little where there's going to be like seven minutes of real time awkwardness. <laughs> That has just been removed. Yeah, uh, that's I relish those moments. Oh, yeah, that's killer. Uh-huh. As far as the weed though, the mm. weed thing, Andy, I find like my experience is uh, as far as like offering people beforehand, getting on the mics or whatever, if we're doing like a studio session, that uh, that the ones who choose not to are doing it for. Uh, they they know what their capabilities are, you yeah. know. Like I respect those which people. I too. have been impressed by the folks yeah. that do know their limitations. Like maybe especially the ones that you do know smoke and and participate in that. But they're just like maybe after man. It's just like okay, yeah. you yeah. know you know what you're capable of here. It's true. Weed can kill interviews pretty good. People have a hard time talking. <laughs> I like the ones where people get a little bit drunk too, where they're like, uh-huh. oh no, I can't, I can't hit smoke. A joint before I go on, but mm-hmm. they'll like eat, drink seven or eight beers in ninety minutes, and gets pretty loose. Those yeah. are usually the people that say they don't like smoking weed. They're like, every time I've gotten high, it's been terrible. It's like, how many mm-hmm. times have you done it <laughs> not drunk? And they're right. like, zero. Yeah, yeah. it's like, zero oh, times. okay. So you've never like started from a baseline and just started with the weed. <laughs> no, You're I hammered. always wake up with puke in my head every <laughs> yeah. single time I smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Every time I smoke weed, it tastes like Jägermeister. Yeah, in my mouth for yeah. some reason because of all the Jägermeister I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you grew up in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also from the Midwest, Andy? Yeah, I'm from Michigan, from Belmont, Michigan, a little town outside of Grand Rapids. So how did you guys end up linking up out? Did you link up out here? Is that yeah. where you met? Yeah, I moved to Seattle uh, right after I graduated from college. I went to Indiana University. I graduated in 05, moved to Seattle that summer with uh, two of my buddies. And we had this uh, friend, uh, Sarah Crosley, who's actually a tattoo artist here in town, an oddball tattoo. Fantastic tattoo artist. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard um, her mention on the uh, Heart Garbage podcast. She was one of our first guests. One of our early guests, but a uh, great plug for her and oddball. But um, we went to high school together, um, she and I, in, in uh, Indiana. And when I was coming down to visit for the weekend, I just like was looking for people to hang out with. Looked up Sarah, met her and her then fiance, and she was going over to a barbecue at in Andy's backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that day, I met Andy, our producer Nate. Um, those guys used to work together at Bullseye Glass here okay. in town. Yeah, the Poison Factory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hasn't affected you guys at all. No, in fact, it may have given me superpowers that yeah. I don't know about. Yet. Class action lawsuit. Yeah. Poison. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so like we've known each other for now like eleven years, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, Andy's always been that guy who will give you a mix CD. Like I, mean, mm-hmm. I think I got my first one uh, a month after knowing him, and we weren't even living in the same place at that. But point. after quite like pretty soon after that, when Drew moved to town, he rented a big old farmhouse off of Eighty Second, and we used to have yeah. I moved in 07 down. Yeah, it's called the Harney House on Eighty Second and Harney, and we had five years of basement shows there. Sometimes two a month, where we were just having amazing shows had like Gatheus play some shows there early on uh the last fist fight show was there i think uh we're from japan played there a bunch of times yeah 
Some really fucking cool bands. I'm always surprised when there's a guest that's been in that was at our basement. But that's another like angle to this is that Andy mm-hmm. has always been someone who's reaching out to musicians too. So he was booking shows um, for our house and our basement, but also he was working with some of our friends' bands to try to get them shows here in town. So he's yeah. been always kind of on his grind in terms of um, that side of the hustle. Yeah, you've been fucking participating in the community for like ten plus years. Then, yeah, man, mm-hmm. that's rad. Um, when did when did you guys kind of start throwing out the idea of of maybe doing a show together? Or like, how does the hot garbage podcast like where it where does that get came conceived? together at the end of the Harney House as you guys were getting ready? Everybody was starting to parting ways, and the show started winding down. Uh, our friend Blaine was like, "Man, Andy, with your music knowledge and." Drew, with your talking ability, you guys should have a podcast. ability. Yeah. We always thought you had a good radio voice. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. I don't even really remember the initial conversation, but I do remember thinking that it was a pretty natural fit. I had done this sort of just messing around podcast in like 06 with some friends of mine uh, called the Victory Brothers. Yeah. It was just us talking. I was a huge fan of that show. Making up stories. I think, <laughs> I think you can still find Victory Brothers. We, it was very early in the technology, and it was back when you had to, actually had to go through iTunes to download everything, and you put up your own mm-hmm. descriptions. I think we used um, a sexual body, bodily fluid in one of the, oh, the come titles. On. I think you said, there's there's blood in my cum. There's blood in my cum. <laughs> that, was, that was the phrase. Uh, I've heard that line before. The, yeah. <laughs> that was the title of the episode. As they say. <laughs> A little, little, little bee in my sea, and uh, we got booted for that. But mm-hmm. so I was doing that, and um, it was fun, and I liked being able to hang out this way. It's really just mm-hmm. at first it was Andy's laptop, which yeah. was he would uh, come over while my son was taking a nap, and I would play him YouTube videos through my virus ridden yeah, laptop. You're just your crippled, uh, poor laptop. Uh, recording through like a free Audacity app, mm-hmm. and just like every. 30 seconds or so, it would go, virus detected. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. It was bad. Those episodes, that computer actually broke. We have like eight or ten episodes of that before we actually met up with our friend Nate, who was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing it like this? Let me record you. Because <laughs> we stepped don't know our sound what guy. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without him, the show probably would never have happened. Well, I remember um, there, there's a Vortex article that will come out um, April... I think it's April 19th is like the street date for this uh, this next physical copy of Vortex, which oh, will nice. have a feature on the Hot Garbage podcast. But Thank you. getting getting your, your feedback through email about, about the show and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that Drew mentioned was that you felt like all of the right pieces have kind of been there from the start. And, yeah. you know, it's it's evolved however it's evolved, but you felt pretty good about how, like, just the group of people that were involved in this from the beginning? Oh, totally. I think there's a perfect balance among the the things mm. that we're all kind of good at. And um, since we know each other pretty well, we've got great chemistry, so we can yeah. be really relaxed with one another. Nate is more naturally reticent. He's a little bit quieter, but he's got he's got a great attention to detail. He's meticulous. And, and he's uh, always fact-checking us in the background and calling us out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nate also actually drew our logo. He's a really good visual artist. Yeah. So he does all sure of our people art. Know he does all our mm-hmm. work for our stickers and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, Andy is essential because he's got those relationships with musicians and the community. He's got that historical perspective which gives us a lot of credibility and he's like you know fucking weird and um (laughs) will throw me off my game (laughs) and i'm happy just to kind of like keep things kind of on track and talk Mm -hmm. about the things that i think are cool for real yeah absolutely um i think it's uh 
I think it's a rad environment that you guys create, and I, th- I, th- I, I think I felt um, as soon as I sat down with you guys in the garage, I, I felt like um, our objectives were similar, you know, to kind of capture mm-hmm. this uh, this candid conversation and not something that's super contrived or or edited down to maybe just the gems of the conversation, you know, like it's it's very much the conversation that you had with that person, and obviously there's some sounds like there's some editing that happens oh yeah some I was exaggerating. stuff goes away there's, a, <laughs> there's sometimes well i guess the biggest hiccup is like so we introduce the songs that we're going to play live and then we listen to them uh, among ourselves and sometimes just like oh what was i going to play this is uh you know there's a lot of just yeah like absolutely finding your For notebook sure. to reference yeah. what you did that was one of nate's favorite bits when we started the show was me going oh yeah i've got something to play and then there was like 15 seconds of silence yeah see that's the fucking thing about nate is he's kind of a deconstructionist too is like yeah. he would like it if all that does like like pregnant pauses were still there and that you could feel any yeah. tension. Yeah. He's a big fan he, of like meta podcasting where like the mistakes, like another editor would see them and be like, Oh shit, that's hilarious. And somebody <laughs> listening to it would be like, this is a poor quality podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a balance, mm-hmm. you know, and usually on this podcast, it's everything that's captured, but, but mm-hmm. there are like little things where it's like, yeah, like this adds nothing. In fact, like it takes away and yeah. it's just like, why, why do mm-hmm. we need this well, part? But sometimes you got to get people going too, right? So, like, if you're—I'm sure you've noticed this—is that by minute 25, things really kick in. But you've got to go through those first 25 minutes to get people to that point where they're primed for for something else, and then they have usually told you in that time what they care about, you know. So you can go right for the the good stuff, but um, you got to go through that 25 minutes. So sometimes that's valuable to, for people to hear, and sometimes I wish we could just trim it off but we try to split the difference a little bit. Mm-hmm. especially when it's strangers i mean that yeah. that can happen a lot you know and for sure i mean or if i am the wrong kind of weird around some <laughs> strangers yeah. i can yeah. really make it weird and sometimes that's fun to me and not to the audience listening mm-hmm. <laughs> just to make it awkward yeah they're just like oh this is um very weird mm-hmm. and i'm not sure who in the room is comfortable yeah right. the guest doesn't it's sound any. comfortable no no well uh both of our podcasts are, you know, based around music, so maybe mm-hmm. we uh, jump in to to a tune here. I asked, uh, yeah. I asked you guys to supply the music, and, and we kicked the oh, episode yeah. off with Queen Chief, which is a, a track from 2014. Is that band still playing? Around? I saw them play last year. I saw them live with Foxy Lemon, and I'm drawing a blank on the third band. I saw them with the Doug Fur. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were actually turned on to them by King Black Acid, who came on our show, mm-hmm. and I think played one of their tracks, or at least told us about them. And I was like way into them and saw them live like a month yeah. after that. So Fuck um, yeah. I hope they're still out there doing stuff. I, I try to pay attention, but I love that album, their yeah. self-titled album. I was creeping on their Instagram, and it looked like maybe they haven't been super active in the last year, but yeah, their record's rad and just like bluesy kind of stoner rock and mm-hmm. yeah um different di- like a lot of different dynamics on that great but tones love yeah the, like the bass tones absolutely killer mm-hmm. on that album but uh yeah i figured we jump into this this versatile track that, yes. that andy brought i yeah, know you guys man. you guys have had ver- versatile on the show versatile is one of my uh that was one of the biggest deals for me as a guest me too that guy is not just a portland hip-hop legend but just like just like a national treasure. This I was listening to them in college and like was well aware of them before I knew where yeah. they were from. I, I didn't like know that. Lifesavers were from Portland until I moved here. I didn't I was either. Like, wow, yeah. that's exciting. And uh, But Spirit and Stone was one of those mm-hmm. albums that I listened to over and over and over again. So it was really cool to have him on. And then to have him have him cross over and do a bunch of stuff with Black Alicious was amazing. That's such a good compliment to his style and their style. And then to have him put out his own album, his solo album, is so solid. 
And that's where this album, this song is actually off of that. Uh, and he was, I think, probably my favorite interview. Just had some great stories, so much knowledge, so much experience here. He grew up as a Regional. battle rapper in Portland, or not even just a battle rapper, before battle rap. He, as hip-hop became a thing in the world, he was learning about it from Portland, and he talks about it a lot on the episode we did, but uh, just a hip-hop historian. Him and DJ Cliff should have a show together. Oh, yeah. Be amazing. Him and Cool Nuts, too. Like, yeah. Um, that that was kind of my experience sitting down with Cool Nuts too. Was just you're just absorbing all this history, yeah. and it's like whoa! Like, mm-hmm. um, right on. Let's let's jump in. I think this is off the Crooked Straits yes that's an album, mm-hmm. and uh, this is super from Versatile. I'm not the usual super super. Non-fiction. It was a close call made from long distance yeah. It's been suggested I was predestined From the heavens to a head spin to make a song listen From K-Boo after dark, Sugar Hill Spark Found my Neil side when I realized the art was a tic-tac-toe game Got on my Cobain, I was raised a bullseye amongst long shots with no aim Face me or face slow pain, but face it, you in the monsoon with a sifter Trying to hold rain, <laughs> have at it, catch your breath Asthmatic, it's the wild west and few have been asked savages I Doc Holly in a Wyatt Earp blend Smithsonian's trying to find my first pen Stare at me long enough and you'll see why the earth spin 35 mil depiction, one word description Super I'm not the usual Super, super I'm not a hero but a Unless you're looking through my window from the outskirts Here's some jewels and some bank teller rules Don't cash checks without knowing the amount first Look, pages past the cover of the book Even the intro might have your info shook To be clear, things ain't what they appear The Messiah was on the cross between two crooks My attributes radiate and bounce off the planets A cloud surf toss words across Atlantic My peers been called bleeding out the ears I stay in my lane, I just know how to switch gears A dying breed, no twin Siamese The champ, the truth, the great one, I am he You should be glad that you made it this far You're trying to reach your potential, but I keep raising the bar You know the drill, dude I'm not the usual It's closed caption Subtitles underline the action I'm Sam Jackson meets Johann Sebastian That satchel pays residue Could I be great though I make less revenue I want the hood to acknowledge Bums I abolish The jewels I drop Not the guns that I polish That code that the so-called hustlers keep Ain't for me, I ain't the coon that be shuffling feet to get cash Though I get paid for my craft For me, I'm leaving being a slave in the past Champion sound, blue ribbons Boys selling birds turn into stool pigeons Visit a few prisons and heard my connect say Baby, you won't need an x-ray to see my new vision I'm super I'm not the usual, super, super I'm not a hero, but a super, super 
So when you guys were starting the show, were you both always kind of drawn into these these uncensored shows or podcasts? Like, is that is that the lane that is most appealing to you, where there are no limits? Because that's what I like about your show a lot. Is there there aren't really any limits, and it doesn't always have to be about music. Like, I love the parts when it's not about music. Me too. Oh, I, I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. Too. I mean, as growing up as a kid. I always loved like the dirty comics. Even like I was really drawn to Andrew Dice Clay. Looking back on it, very problematic. Oh! Not a huge fan of his comedy, but Dice, dude. it was the dirtiest thing I'd ever heard. At least you internalized the being filthy and not the misogyny. Yeah, no, that it was, was just positive. like, wow, I can't believe he's saying this stuff. And you know, like uh, Richard Pryor and like George yeah. Carlin, all this stuff was just like the coolest thing in the world to me. Stand up comedy was like when I grew when I grew up as a kid, I wanted to be a stuntman and a comedian. I wanted to kind of combine the two of those. When did you guys remember starting to like cuss though? Because I remember cussing kindergarten. very early. Yeah, it was like first grade for me. I me think. and my me and my like best friends in kindergarten had a gang called the Swear Bros. <laughs> Dang. And we would go out on recess and brothers. swear a bunch. Yeah, God we damn. should have called it the Fuck Brothers. The Fuck Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that different point, connotation. At that for point, I didn't know fuck yet. I just knew shit and bitch and ass. Oh, see, I feel like I feel like I came out of the the cussing womb very like fully formed. Really? I was like Terminator. Um, uh-huh. I was nude, but I was like a, a full man with cussing. I felt like I was <laughs> very cussing. adept at cussing from a young age. I don't know. I've always felt like, I mean, that's like that's adult language. Like to pretend that we're not thinking about some of these things or that some of these things are funny or ridiculous or uh, that they're all offensive. I don't know. I don't really. There are clearly things that are offensive and there are lines and there is a, a amount of respect that you owe the people around you. But I don't think the language that you use or not talking about come with blood in it i don't think that that's <laughs> and i think that can Crossing be really funny but yes. i feel like there's a cheap way to get those laughs and i try not to go that yeah, route exactly but i mean like i said like i'm not like a hardened comedian like i just pretend to be one on the internet it's not like you're not I don't, i'm not out there like at open mics like i'm not a comedian so whenever something is funny to me it makes me really happy <laughs> and you're not necessarily like trying to be shocking to be shocking like no, you're just no. allowing the thing to happen Mm, this is just who I am in real life, yeah, and I just exactly. really put it out there for sure. You know, these, this is the kind of thing that I think is funny, and this is what I talk about. And, yeah, you know, I do I, not go out of my on way. The other side of it, gross. though, I feel like we have a very positive podcast. We have we oh, pretty agreed. much put out good vibes, <clears throat> agreed, exclusively, I, and and that's not even like we're trying to do that. That's just also like the way we are. Like, I think that's right too. Yeah. Well, I think authenticity to me is deni- like undeniable. Like that's that's the thing I've learned most through doing the podcast and seeing so much music it's like when someone's being authentic like you just can't really fuck with that you know and i and guess it, that's the thing that's worth listening to about buy, these conversations right people mm-hmm. buy into the, i mean the, those that's what made me want to do this shit you know it was yeah. the, like it wasn't fr- like i like fresh air with terry gross but that's mm-hmm. not what made me like love podcasts like that's mm-hmm. a little more you know it's a little more refined and and, and low-key like i i I dig like the Marin stuff and and the mm-hmm. like the comedians that are hosting yeah. podcast. Like a majority of the shit I listen to is a comedian hosting a podcast. And, yeah, and those are the ones For I like too. the most because they are unafraid, most of them, to say whatever exactly is mm-hmm. on their mind. And usually they're they're able to get their guests to do the same. And uh, yeah, when I first started listening to podcasts, it was Doug Loves Movies and Smodcast. <laughs> Hell yeah! So like, you know. Kevin Smith exclusively. Have you guys listened to Smodcast? It is hilariously filthy. Kevin Smith in the, is in the Kevin uh, Smith way. You have to like him to like the show. He's amazing, dude. He's a huge inspiration for like everything. Like I heard him on like a four hour the first time he was on Rogan's podcast, and he did like four hours with them, 
and he was just like he told he tells this story about how his dad was a good man but he died screaming and in pain and he's just like even good men die screaming so like just just chase whimsies and like do what you want with your mm-hmm. life you know and i was just like what the fuck am i doing with my life yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i yeah, saw him as fuck i saw him live he was at, at my school in college he was just coming and we like got tickets to see him and he just stood at the podium for like four and a half hours telling stories and just talking about his career and fielding questions and he just kept going um and i was really impressed with that i thought that was a really cool way to I don't know. It felt like he was being, it felt like that was that honesty that you were talking about. Like he was just being real about his career. He'd been like crazy successful, way more successful than he expected to be. And he was taking this opportunity to be himself as much as humanly possible, which I also found pretty inspiring. I'm also a huge comic book nerd. So I connect (laughs) that level too. Do you also think that having these, these, you know, these artists, whether it's a musician or a comic, um, allowing them to tell stories, that don't necessarily have to do with their music gives people an opportunity to attach themselves in a different way to their character and get to know them just not not only through their music. That's what I hope. I think for me that is the the hook that I interests me the most is um you know, we tend to uh, associate everything that we consume with ourselves. We project everything onto a song that we like or an experience that we have. And so by the time you're you're hearing from someone, you've already made up your mind about what they are to you and what they mean to you, and you're hoping that they validate everything that you think about them already, which is really a way of validating everything you think about yourself. And I think that's very natural and very human, and we all do it, and that's what we all love about music is it gives us a... Um, a path to that kind of connection and it makes us feel better about ourselves. But what I'm hoping that we can do is, so you, you figure out who someone is and then when the music comes on, maybe you've never heard it before or never heard that genre and hopefully you're hearing it through their ears. So you're appreciating it in the way that they want it to be appreciated. I used to edit books when I was in, I went to, I got my master's degree in publishing. We were for, I worked for a small uh, press and used to edit novels. And the first thing you do when you edit a novel is you read it, and then as the editor, you tell the author what's happening in the book. I thought you, you were just, going to say you tell that author they suck. <laughs> well, no, you what you tell them, them is... Hey, man, you're not good. You, you <laughs> Build them back of, up. <laughs> well, there's, there, it, it can be read that way depending on the author, but what you're doing is you're saying, here's what I'm consuming when I read this. Now let's talk about what you intended to happen and how we could go from where, I'm, where I am to where you want me to be. And that's how I feel like I want to approach music. I want to put myself in someone else's shoes. I want them to tell me how to appreciate it so that I can hear it as they intended to be heard. I just don't want to hear them talk about their music at all. No? No. I want to, Honestly? I, mean, I really honestly just want to hear somebody tell me about, I just want to see how they are as a person, what kind of music they like, uh, what they like at Taco Bell. You know, that kind of just normal human stuff where it's just like, yeah, I love your music already, or I wouldn't have had you on the show. What I really want to know is, like, what are you up to? How do you do it? Yeah. No, I, I dig that approach. And and Drew wants to hear about all the music stuff. So he has a lot of great questions about that stuff, and our listeners know that. Drew asks really, you know, insightful stuff about people's music, and he wants to know, like, how certain aspects of it were made. And I, I try and cr- crush that with my <laughs> bare hands. <laughs> Which we need. I think I think both are valid. And the other thing I found out too is the things that I think I'm interested in about someone's music. Sometimes, it turns uh, out you're not. Thirty percent of the time, no. Thirty percent of the time, they've never thought about it at all. Right. And they don't. They don't give a shit about my 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 thread uh, or my thought process. I hear you, Which man. is enlightening as well. 
Yeah. And and I think you also sometimes you encounter folks that maybe aren't even comfortable with you providing them with so many compliments about their art. They're just like, yeah, they do. like yeah. this is kind of weird that you're you my kind of people verbally jerking me off about about this. Uh, like, I'm not this trying that hard. Can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> not like I'm, I know all that much about it. And it's not like I'm trying that hard. Which Andy loves. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> But I, yeah, again, that's that's that balance of uh, both of you obviously mm-hmm. offer, and I mean that's, I don't know, like I want to know about the music and and some of the process, but but the same, like I just want to get to know the person because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk away from the conversation saying, well, yeah. like that person's rad, and now when I listen to their music, mm-hmm. I like it even more. Yeah, you know, and what I want more is people who turn out they're not so rad. <laughs> they crumble and fall apart on our show and show everyone that they're garbage The person. monster that they are. Yeah, that's I think that's what our no. my that's my that's what I'm shooting for in the 2019. The world is full of famous people disappointing us. Yeah, by, we don't need them on by the us show. learning more about them. That would really uh, yeah. take away from I the like exactly what you're saying, Dan, which is to understand that someone's a good person and they're doing something really cool. That's mm-hmm. the inspiring part for me. Can I ask you guys a question? We can leave this on record or off. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a Trump voter, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we both have episodes with Hutch Harris in our catalogs. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is interesting. Recently, in the last month or so, We've Hutch had him Harris on our show twice. has been, yeah. been outed as some abuser of, of some kind, and people can do their own research to figure out those details. Where do you stand on, like, do we leave? On abuse? I'm against it. We are against it. <laughs> Officially, we'll put that on record. I don't want to like. I was going to say we, as as a collective of podcasters, but where do you guys <laughs> stand on like? Is that something you leave in the in the library for people to find? I like have in a, the catalog because I've been thi- I've been thinking about too. it. I've done, I I've I've left my episode up to, yeah. to you know, and I know that your guys is up as well because I was going through the catalog and kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm all about canceling people and being like. Fuck that person. Turns out they suck. I'm not going to consume their shit. What I'm not about is erasing history. And I've had this conversation uh, a couple of times now where it's just like, is it okay to take something out of the history books because that person sucks, even if the thing they made doesn't suck? You know, I'm not like saying that what they did was okay in any means, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's some valid, some, some valid thing about like not completely changing history oh i'm pretty torn i'm pretty torn because i can definitely see that while it's not maybe it's not the most like nuanced approach to this very nuanced subject it is good like we've got to get that stuff out of our society so at a certain point we have to have sort of a zero tolerance policy if we want to kind of uproot the kind of poisonous behavior that i think is sort of endemic um in our society the more we learn the more we we know that everybody is touched by this. And so I do see that at a certain point, we got to kind of yank the bandaid and we've got to get that stuff out, even if it's brought us joy in the past. Um, on the other hand, I think about it from the consumer's point of view. And there's just like so few things that bring you unparalleled, unfettered joy. And if some, if you love someone's music and you have no, no attachment to them as a person and you go on your whole life loving their music and not knowing anything about them as a human being. The Michael Jackson effect. Well, and then it's just taken away from you. And I, that's, that's like. That's rough right now. Leaving well, Neverland is. I've never well, been that's a fan. I mean, that's a I'm great like, example. I've been. Okay. So like there's a few bands. The only that, difference there is that we're all culpable because yeah. we've known about it for like 30 years. Yeah, exactly. So. Like I've. I don't want to like be like, I'm too cool for that. 
I am personally one of those people, everybody loves Michael Jackson. I've never liked Michael Jackson. And I've always thought he was a creepo. And it's really crazy that now all of a sudden people are accepting it. But your R. Kelly tattoo has not aged well. No, it hasn't. No, I still get crazy every freaking week. Yeah, the Michael Jackson shit is crazy to me because I feel like even the furthest to the left social justice warrior is is like Michael Jackson's amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, so it's 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 and a, music that's is a very interesting a thing. People. You can celebrate Quincy Jones, who wrote most of Thriller. Yeah, as right. an example. I don't know. I mean, that's it's tough for me to say to someone who who just wants to enjoy music that you're not allowed to do that and be a good person anymore. Right. Like, I read, a, I read that's, an interview that's, with... That's a um, fucked up thing about what yeah. that person has done that you know goes beyond the fucked up thing they did to their, their Somebody else victims. who's Someone else who has had a similar situation and a much higher like profile scale is Jesse Thorne. He's had Louis C.K. in his show. He's had other comedians who've been outed as abusers. Yeah. And he was like, man, it's so hard because I had, you know, an hour or two in a room with this person. We had a great conversation. The conversation we had didn't have anything to do with what they were as a person. And it's so hard for me to know, you know, it was to the effect of like, he didn't like, it's so different when you're just talking to somebody in an interview format. But that's what stuff about our show too is because like Andy just said, is like, we do want to learn about these people. We want to learn who who they are and we want to ask them questions that get them talking about themselves. And we look back and that one, it's not a great representation of who, uh, oh, there's a part of him that, he wants to keep away from everybody else. Yeah. So we were, in some ways, we weren't having like this honest conversation because we talked about bands he's recorded with. Some of the bands that I hear are, you know, making some of these claims, and I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a tough spot for us all to be in. I think we have to be first and foremost sensitive to the real victims of these kinds of things, open to listening to everything that they have to say and learning from them, and then making, uh, you know, as rational a, a decision as we can while still doing the right thing. Yeah, agreed. And I don't I'm, know where I don't know where that line is. It might be a moving target. And that's a non-specific answer, but I think that's where I come down. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure it out too, and it's something that I've definitely like thought about. Like, well, don't you wish you could have asked him? That's the thing too. I like, didn't know. I would. I didn't. I know. I didn't fun, know either. I mean, and that's that's part of it too. Is like you were saying. You know, there's obviously like this part that he didn't reveal to us, but I also didn't ask. Hey, have you ever like <laughs> sexually abused anybody right, or like right. ver- verbally a bit like I've I'm emotionally you know, that, that wasn't, anyone because that yeah. shit wasn't even on the table like at that yeah. time I didn't you have know. that po- I didn't have that conversation with him until or prior to the stuff coming out and and you know like you said or like Andy was saying you know like with the Jesse Thorne thing is you know Hutch and I we sat right here and we had this amazing conversation which was like very mind blowing to me and and uh, another one of those podcasts like the Cool Nuts cast where i'm just like absorbing all this like amazing information and obviously mm-hmm. you know hutch has been kind of known as like a pacific northwest legend mm-hmm. uh, of yeah. the music scene and uh i had this great hang with him and then i, I think i'm almost just like a little heartbroken and, and i don't want to say betrayed because that that's that's further than it is but you know like to see it i was just like oh god damn it dude like I just I was just hanging out with this guy. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like but that's like the scope of the shittiness of doing these things. That's yeah. among the thousand reasons that this kind of behavior is so poisonous. Is because it really does seep into every human interaction you have. Um, and so yeah, I mean, and, and then I was thinking I want to ask you, Dan, because you were talking earlier about um, you know how we build an interview or what's interesting to us, like. I think it might even be worth starting to. <laughs> I mean, you were you were kind of being ridiculous when you were saying, "Have you ever, you know, assaulted anyone?" But like letting people talk about their flaws. Most people are not assaulters. Most people aren't. 
Most right. people are decent, but they've all fucked up before. Yeah. So maybe we can, I mean, maybe that's something we can do. What do you think about asking people about their foibles? And that's letting, a different podcast. It, you think it's just a different show? Yeah, You Almost. think it has no place with the musician? I mean, I don't know if it doesn't have any place with the musician or an artist or whomever is on the show, but it's like, I do feel like maybe that's almost like a, uh, like this is the bonus part to the episode yeah, or something yeah. where like we call hey, that podcast the huge ass bummer it's like how would you feel about revealing <laughs> something like really fucked up about yourself you know mm-hmm. it's I mean, just like how do how do you approach that that's definitely got an audience but i just don't like i wouldn't be comfortable putting out would that you show. like be stoked about revealing oh, of course not no like but then i wonder if i was someone who people really wanted to talk to if i was in more of the spotlight what would be my responsibility well, I'm yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know what I would be willing to reveal, um, like about flaws or and and I try to be pretty transparent on the show. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be. Like, Turns out Dan the, doesn't play uh, hockey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never did. <laughs> like doesn't I, like it. Doesn't care for it. <laughs> like, I think people continue to listen to your show, and you talked about this with Gregory Day when he was on, which I, I thought that was. For me, that's that's like one of my favorite episodes of your podcast because oh, cool. it's you talking to another podcaster, and I think that's super oh, thanks, interesting. Man. And like just a, the questions you asked, and, and Nate hated that one. He was like, "Fuck this! <laughs> you're interviewing another podcaster. I'm out. <laughs> Record it yourself." <laughs> but uh, now I'm trying to remember where where I was Saying this going is, yeah, going with this that's, point. That's it. <laughs> point proven. Yeah. Um, but um, I think people come back to your show repeatedly because you know they they like what you guys do like they like the environment that you provide to listen to maybe these people that they know or don't know and and i think that's because you guys are fairly transparent too throughout the show you know like i like you might tell a puke story or like the (laughs) guest might tell a puke story and then you're willing to like kind of jump in the water with them and be like, I well, mean, let I, me tell my puke story hope. too. And I, th- I think that is like when that's you, the, yeah, that's we're, when we're you get baiting people, the hook with Andy's puke but, stories. But that's like speaking of puke stories, uh, one of my favorite local bands, the Roddies, they recently put out a tape and uh, a clip of an uh, interview we did with them on our show is the bonus track on the tape. That's right. And, and it's, it's one a, of their puke stories. It's one of their puke stories and it's the best puke story. It's a top ever three told. puke story for the show, if I not it's right the at the top. I think yeah. it's the king of the puke stories I've ever been told in our show. Yeah, but I, I think that's like what kind of brings out the humanity, hopefully, in somebody is is you being willing to to jump in with them. You're yeah, like, that's true. Hey, yeah. let me not just like ask you about this maybe super personal thing, but let me let me tell you something about my position in this. Like, let yeah. me tell you about my parents' divorce or whatever. Like how that mm-hmm. affected me before you fucking. I feel like we've gotten a little bit better at that. Uh, we deleted our first hundred episodes for a couple of reasons. One of them being, I would kind of try and do that and throw something out there and just blindside guests and kill interviews. <laughs> uh, one of which was Some people uh, don't. somebody that we're pretty good friends with now, Andrea from Holy Grove. When we had her on, I just started oh, telling yeah. a poop story and, she, and it was about me pooping my pants and she thought I was kind of like making fun of her or making it a weird thing. And I realized that I did it in a completely wrong way. And it could have been really funny. Yeah, that was we a, that was an eye opener for us. That episode because we conducted the whole interview. She was awesome. She has great stories. She's, She's so fun to be around. Uh, and this whole time, she thought this was like a sort of like a gag because we talked about shit so much. And, <laughs> yeah, um, and it just was just me trying to be offensive and funny, and it was not our finest hour. Yeah, and just, I really want to get them back on and do it again because I think it could be a lot. We've better. had them on since then. We've had the whole band on since then. We have. And they were they were awesome. Do mm-hmm. you think that's like is that? 
is that fun for you guys to be able to like have those people back that were maybe part of those first hundred where Oh, I love maybe a little more comfortable. Yeah, some of our favorite guests are return guests. One of our favorite guests is uh, a Portland hip hop legend from back in the day who doesn't really perform at all anymore, Cloudy October. And whenever we have him on, he's one of my favorite guests. Yeah, he's due. Great talk. We need to get him back. Yeah, it's been a couple years. And he thinks about things in odd ways. He's a big film buff, so he'll get deep on some movies Mm -hmm. and just like he adds a little bit of a different flavor. We stopped rapping and went to film school. Yeah, we have a little bit of a relationship, so it can be a shorthand. Yeah, that you can jump right back into. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I always dig that about like having the return guests. It's like, all right, we've already like created a rapport here, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've already listened back to the first episode, which is Mm -hmm. completely cringeworthy, and hopefully, I can facilitate a. Better conversation mm-hmm. this time around. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of my favorite return guests is Verbs because he's a fan of our show and he gets our humor and always has something new and weird to come with. He's yeah. also one of Drew's replacement guest hosts. Yeah, he's been a good helped me. Good well, that's a good show. person to have because Verbs yeah. has Crate Diggers, his yeah. his podcast. Yeah. Also so. a great podcast. Well, that's a, that's a good poll on your mm-hmm. part to be like, yeah. let's just get another podcast. He knows what mm-hmm. he knows what's uh, up. Also, the only other podcast besides this one we've been on, and I like it. I think I'm going to quit our our podcast and just be a guest <laughs> on other people's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, it's I'm way easier. Nice. I'm a free agent. Yeah. It's, it's way a lot easier, better. right? Yeah. It totally is. Well, you know, you can come guest host this whenever you'd like. You know. Um, I'll ruin your reputation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into another jam. This is a uh, this is a track from Candice that, yeah. that Drew threw in the mix here. Um, this Mirror Bird. Yeah, band. they're a band. I think they're originally from Minneapolis. I think from the Twin Cities, and they used mm-hmm. to be called Is Is, which um, in writing looks a lot like ISIS. So I assume that's why they changed the name uh, to Candice. Uh, I can't swear to that, but the, that's I like my, that story. My, I hope that's true. My rationale. I'm kind of so, bummed. You, okay, I, uh, not ISIS. Uh, <laughs> I'm bummed that ISIS yeah. kind of fizzled. I was out. told <laughs> ISIS was defeated. Yeah. So you know, I, I love the band. I was ISIS. just radicalizing. I thought you were going to play the band that ISIS threw together, and they fucking rip. No, uh, <laughs> it's metallic. Candice does a. They did a thing for a long time where they would do a cover song or two every Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and they put out this album this year that was like Valentine's Day songs from this date to this date and it kind of made it look like maybe they were done with that. I hope that's not the case. But they did a cover of a Spaceman 3 song uh, called These Blues that's kind of a B-side that spiritualized made more famous than Spaceman 3 was because it just kind of got released like in like 2008 as a B-side. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. But you didn't pick that song. So I didn't if you pick heard that song. This, it's up on Bandcamp. Listen to Hot though, Garbage because it'll can, be on that in a couple weeks. You can purchase that up there <laughs> unless it's sold out. It might be sold out by now. Mm. But they're like, I, I heard this band Widow's Peak. I think they're from Boston. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're kind of this like, you know, mellow, melodic, shoegazy kind of stuff. And then like uh, the week after I heard that album, I saw Candace live. And I was like, holy shit, this is very similar. And so I kind of got into that tip. And uh, the song I brought is not from their most recent album. They've got three albums with the name Candace. This is from an album called New uh, New Future. Yeah. Um, but man, they've put out two since then that are killer as well. So everyone should go check them out. Yeah, this is a rad song. It's got kind of these dreamy pop vibes. Very and- dreamy. And like the end, like the, I guess it's like a bridge or a coda or something like that has this really kind of soaring melody that I really like. And I'm just down on a cool tones. I love yeah. like a cool bass tone and this like you can barely understand mm. what she's saying, but this melody takes you right through the song. Candace so. has a, a tie in my brain to the Rigsketball basketball tournament. That was the first time I yeah. ever saw it. Rest them. in peace, RIP yeah, to the Rigs. And I gotta say, I think that, that was a conspiracy because Drew's band, Hot Won't Quit, made it all the way to second we place. Second place. Two years ago. Two years ago. Now they it's... couldn't play the next year. And they uh... were like, Oh yeah, last one guys, because yeah. they didn't want Drew to come in and take that <laughs> trophy mm-hmm. home. Bim. <laughs> yeah. Just call it. It's out. a shame. Um, Second place. 
Yeah, I saw Candace play. I've only seen him play once. I saw him play at Tender Loving Empire with New Move one oh, night. Oh, very cool. And it was fucking rad. Nice. And I was just like, oh, this band's great. And they, like you said, they've put out a couple of records since this one. They always seem like they're putting out new music. And I saw the record release. I saw them play with Blackwater Holy Light. Um, I think I saw them at the Denver there. Uh, saw them at um, Bunk Bar. That's a cool place to see a show. Yeah, they were that great. is fun. Um, so I've seen a bunch. And the best Harry I've, Dean Stanton uh, mural in town. Yeah. Anyway, I love Candace, and I hope uh, this is uh, some new favorite music for some people. Yeah, this is Mirrorbird. on the show over the years do you find that those are different 
in any way as far as having the comedians opposed to the musicians oh, or is it all kind of the same a lot of times we'll be like hey what kind of music are you into and comedians can be so wrapped up in the comedy game they haven't really gotten out to see a lot of local music some people do for sure but uh it feels like if you're a comedian you're fully entrenched you're at open mics most nights of the week so you listen to music a lot of times. You know, you listen to what you like, but a lot of comedians seem to be stuck on their favorite shit from when they were younger, like Drew. I think a lot of, but a lot of people <laughs> are like that. Dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, so we do connect, yeah. Yeah, over yeah. yeah. hopefully three eleven. I know a lot of comedians we've had on who are big fans of yeah, like nineties radio rock or you know hip hop. Or whatever they're into. Charlie but. from Stoner Control mm-hmm. would call those obvious bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that's one that. of my favorite episodes of. of uh, I love the Stoner Control episode. Oh, they're of, such great of guys. Your cast. That's a great phrase. We, we had Autonomics on, and they love uh, those guys. Dan was talking about bands that are object, uh, objectively good. Yeah, as sort of like a backhanded compliment, yeah. as a way mm-hmm. of saying it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I like that phrase. I've used that a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, comedians are. Uh, they're, they're a mixed bag. I mean, they're just like any kind of guest, except I don't have quite the same bead on them uh, as I do with musicians. So I don't always know how to like kind of get into what, what they care about. And I think that, I don't know, I think that maybe the process is a little bit, it's more of a grind maybe for comedians. They've got to set aside time to do the writing and it, it's probably really frustrating and they've got to be out every single night just perfecting being on stage and talking. And I, I don't know, I just, I think it's, totally different as an experience than writing music i think it comes from a totally different place that being said though i love having comedians on our show because they're such great guests and they're you know so down to talk and so conversational dylan jenkins yeah. is one of my favorite episodes and he's yeah. a great stand-up comedian here mm-hmm. in portland or, um, i know you've had brie on the show oh, yeah, several times she's amazing yeah Anthony lopez they are great at talking yeah. like they're 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 great for the conversation, which is awesome. We had Shane Moss on. Um, yeah, I was going to mention that. The, who had, uh, you know, talked a lot about psychedelics and things like that. And but also had a, podcast a huge music guy. That yeah. guy loves music. So yeah. Was was Shane one of the, is that one of the larger guests that's been on the show? Yeah, it is. Inadvertently. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I reach out to all of our guests through Facebook. Yeah. And we just kind of had uh, gotten a hold of Bridgetown Comedy Fest, and we were interviewing people who were on that. And he was on that, and he was just really receptive and really friendly. He uh, seems like that type of guy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, he's a podcaster, too, so he right. totally knew it. And I, I told him that it was going to be recorded at my studio, which means my garage. So he <laughs> did show up. If I would have said it was my garage, I don't know if he would have. I always tell people that. So that look, the cat's out of the bag. When it, I tell it, you we're recording at my studio. For any potential guests listening, garage. it is a very serviceable studio. It's yeah. not I've a, been there. I can vouch for it. Yeah. It's a it's a it's an enjoyable experience. They You're not puffing gasoline yeah. for two hours. They don't even ask you to bring your own weed, so <laughs> it's fine. Mm. Right now, there's a huge paint spill that I'm dealing with, so it's kind of stinky, like paint. But I mean, it's a good smell. It smells clean. Mm-hmm. Fresh paint. And Andy's usually got a bag of whippets handy, just in case. With no, my wife told me no more whippets. <laughs> I and she's right. I mean. It's funny, she though. She is right. A lot of people... <laughs> you don't even have to explain it. A lot of people will come on the show, and I'll be like, you want to smoke a bowl? And they're like, no. And I'm like, do you want to do a whippet? And they're like, yes, let's do 15. It's crazy to me how accepted whippets are in this culture. It must be those, the younger generation. Never done yeah. a whippet. Oh, man. I've it's, done one whippet, and it was after fantastic. our show. Because Andy's lying. Most of our guests are appalled by the notion that they would do a whippet. <laughs> but one band was like, oh, hell yeah, we'll do some whippets. And I was like, all right, well, if you're going to be so enthusiastic about it. Uh, and it wasn't the band that I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm not mm, going to name any names. Not going to out anybody on their whippets? No, but no. <laughs> it was a, no. a band that I thought would be classier than that, let's just say. Wow. So I anyway. didn't. I thought they were real down-ass homies, and I was cool with it. They were down-ass homies. Because whippets, I mean, 
it's it's laughing gas. Uh, they give it to you at the dentist office. Maybe they don't give it to you out of a whipped cream canister that's only food grade. <laughs> but I mean, if you do it in moderation, it can be fun. But you know, like anything that gets you that fucked up, it's just melting your brain, just right <laughs> down your spine, and you feel it the next day. Is it is it harder for either you to settle in when you have a guest like Shane Moss or anybody with a little more national recognition? Are you usually pretty good about like kind of grounding yourself and be like, this is just another person? Like, you know, the one that got me was uh, it's always to me surprises me. Uh, a bunch of, we had a bunch of sticker artists on the show, and I'm a huge fan of graffiti and stickers, and those were the guys that I was super nervous those about. Were the ones and you Drew were... wasn't there, and I had to. No, I was there for that one. I, I, the one dude... of them modulated his voice. Mm-hmm. One of the guys thought tagger. I was Scottish because I had this, I had a weird thing in my throat, and when I started talking, I had a weird accent, and I kept going for a second. Because it was if, funny to me, but then he thought it was Scottish for the whole show. If I can just like <laughs> start it off cool, then I'm 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 totally fine. Like versatile. Uh, we had it was a weird experience when he came in. He was like kind of a big get for us both. We were both really stoked to have mm-hmm. him, and we had just gotten these new mics, and they were really nice new condenser mics. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. He's gonna come in. We got headphones finally, and like we just couldn't get him to work. Like we didn't have enough phantom power. Like we had not done a test run or anything like that. So he had to sit patiently while we swapped everything back out for like twenty five minutes. Like oh. Luckily, he was but totally cool about he it. He was just so cool about yeah. it. And, like, he was looking on his phone. And when we were ready to go, he was ready to go. And we had this great conversation with Shane. Again, like, I feel like maybe I didn't get on his vibe quickly enough. And it was a good episode. He was a great guest. But I wish that that was one thing where I was like, man, I wish I had tackled this from a different angle and just, like, got over myself a little quicker. He was, like, coming off the end of Bridgetown Comedy Fest of being up for three days, and he was nice enough to come and do it, but we yeah, he tried was to doing keep a, it really short great for him. And, uh, we did it, like, on the afternoon of a Sunday. We yeah. were just like, man, let's just, we'll, whenever you're available, we'll do it. And uh, We had another big get of Andy's, which oh, was this, this was uh, Detroit, Michigan artist called Flint, uh, Flint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, Flint Eastwood. Andy mm-hmm. has, like, been on um, her vibe for Since years she got going. I've been listening to her since she was, like, a mixtape artist and he's know? been just persistent like hey if you're around here come on the show come on the show for years and then she finally came on last year and that was great like, she's they, she's she was such amazing. a nice person and she's so receptive to her fans and through like instagram facebook messenger all that stuff she will talk to you if you reach out to her and she was like super cool she came through a long time ago and i was trying to help her get shows and stuff i mean she didn't need my help it turns out but yeah uh, <laughs> she was very friendly and when we had her on the show um nate's daughter's and my neighbors are all big fans. We turned all of our all of our kids are forced to listen to the music we listen to. So I think they're going to be cool as shit when they're older. But right now, they don't <laughs> usually like the stuff we like. They love Lynn Eastwood, and they were all so excited. They got her autograph, and she was cool, and she like was down to like meet all the kids. She had like six nine year olds run up on her when she came up in our yard. <laughs> That's cool, they were man. All so stoked. Is that a, is that a, a trip to get to sit down with somebody like that after you've been following them for so long? It was, man. But you know, I kind of. As I really try and put that shit out of my mind and just treat people like I'm just meeting them as normal people yeah. as much as possible because I feel like that's the best way to make friends with people. If you, I know if somebody came up to me and they were like, oh, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, I would be very friendly with them, but I wouldn't want to hang out with them necessarily. But if they played it off, then they could definitely kill me in my sleep. Make sure to tell <laughs> no one that you're a huge fan of Andy's podcast. Yeah. He's yeah. very upset. I get very he doesn't bored. Want you listening. He doesn't I don't want to hear it. I don't want you to share it. It's it's our little secret. <laughs> I do want you to tell sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. Our, our sponsor rate is like twelve dollars a month. Whatever our hosting fee is, <laughs> right? we're, we're yeah. down. Yeah. No, I, I had to learn that the hard way as far as like having somebody notable on the show. Mm-hmm. And who was your big get? Who was like the so one the fr- that- uh, thirteen episodes in? I got to talk to this dude Ewan, 
who is the the singer and front band uh, front man of this band called the Sheepdogs from Canada. Oh yeah, love the Sheepdogs. One of my favorite fucking yeah, bands. Yeah, they're dude. great. And it's so awesome just, that you got to do that so early on in your show. Yeah, man. not great though. No, <laughs> like like that's that's not something you you would think that that's like one that you want to put on the resume for for achieving other guests of that level and and like no it's not usable because i i just like i fanboyed out and i got way too excited and i forgot he was just like a normal dude and i missed all of the all the points where i could have like connected with him yeah, yeah. i was just like cool man you're in a, you're in a cool band <laughs> you know like you bust out the chris farley yeah. from it, SNL, i mean you know? it wasn't yeah. it wasn't terrible but like no. you know yeah. and it, it was 13 episodes in but it was it was one of those things where i was just i had trouble like putting my my personal feelings aside from this dude of just being like man i just really fucking like your band and i can't believe we're just kind of hanging out here at the wonder ballroom before you guys go play your show and right I, mm-hmm. I, I like just i'm on the list out. i'm on the list yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck dude yeah. like yeah, that's really yeah, kind of that but like that was an important learning I do experience that. Too. it really happens to me that i get on a list and when i am i just walk around the venue going i'm on the list yep. the whole night to anyone who will listen to me walk, yeah. people are so stoked when they hear me yeah, say dude. it they love me you walk up to the press yeah. box you're like they back respect away from you whenever yeah. they, <laughs> they make this like cool like frowny face and like turn away but i think that means they think it's cool they're, yeah they're being deferential yes no eye contact yeah i'm on the list i definitely needed like one of those to go right for me to like get comfortable with it like having mm. one of those more like known artists on like where where it went smoothly where it's like all right man you can do it you can fucking hang in like yeah, you just gotta like psych yourself up, and uh-huh. and also it, it's a little bit trickier to find questions that they haven't been asked before. That's another thing. Is like people that are veterans of being interviewed. Sometimes it's harder to find their their angle because they're just like some of these things they've heard three hundred times. It's yeah, like got this automatic canned response. So it can be mm-hmm. a little trickier to crack that nut anyway. I have also found though that with some of those like larger artists. Um, that they do a lot of morning radio, though, so they're asked a lot of the same bullshit questions. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. you actually listen to their music and maybe have as much knowledge about music as, as someone like Andy yeah. or, or both of you guys as far as, like, diving into the music before you actually get to listen to it, then, like, that's what I have found is, like, the key to their hearts. And, and yeah. like, when, when you can talk to them about a specific deep cut on their record that wasn't on the radio or something like that, they're just like... Oh, like you fucking listen to the music. Have you seen that guy Nardwar? Yeah. Oh, uh, Nardwar is legend. He's this like king. he's in. Uh, I think he's in B- Vancouver, BC. Yeah. And he does interviews usually with hip hop people, but with all everyone. kinds of musicians. Yeah. And he always brings some like deeply researched like favorite track from their childhood. Yeah. And just to see those, he knows everything, and he <laughs> always presents it in such a weird way that the guest is completely caught off guard and doesn't know what he's talking about. And sometimes like, like, how the fuck did you know my, this? That was my second, my second grade best friend. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll, they'll like. <laughs> talk to him about like their first high school band that no one knows about and they're like when you were playing in this and this band it's like what like how do you even know about that yeah it's incredible he has to have just a crack team of researchers i do think that is a crutch for his show but it's a really cool crutch it's cool i I love the the coolest part of his his i like how nardware will give people an album and they'll be like, oh, my God, my mom used to play this for me when I was two. I haven't seen this record. Yeah, the people that <laughs> hug him and just go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, early on, he had Pharrell on, and Pharrell lost his mind. Yeah. It was early Pharrell interviews with Nardwar. Yeah. So he was like, yo, uh, Jay-Z, you got to do an interview with Nardwar. And he did an interview with Jay-Z, like, behind, uh, like, a bus at, like, a festival. And Jay-Z was not impressed at all. He had some deep, deep info on Jay-Z, and he just was like, eh. I mean, he was. Yeah. He did the interview, but it wasn't like 
most people at that time. He was time. not effusive with his appreciation. Yeah. I think it's also harder sometimes with those those larger artists too because you you do assume maybe so much about them because they have so much out there yeah. to like find an angle on that too because you think that they're going to be some like something or someone and it's just mm-hmm. like oh no, you're just uh you're just a normal person as well. But like treating people the same is also it's a it's a it's a door that swings both ways because you want to make sure that if there's someone who's just starting out but you've heard their bedroom recordings and you think it's awesome that person is like a super valid artistic voice to hear from and we want to talk to that person as long as we like their music and so treating them the same way that you would treat someone that you've listened to your whole life is important because you want to respect what what they're doing and you want to treat it like it's the real thing that it is so I try to keep that in mind too is like it's not just to like connect with a, a more famous person it's to make sure you're showing equal respect to people's art and their creativity and in that regard i'm thinking we need to like step up our snack game for our podcast because right, we don't right have now we have none room i'm hoping i'm hoping that uh like olympia provisions will sponsor us or something so we have like a, nice, like, <laughs> charcuterie have a board. fucking charcuterie board yeah or like maybe like uh <laughs> like, a game changer, like a local dude. like vodka distiller that will go unnamed. We could have like a tasting board or something. Yeah. You know, send them home with a bottle. Yeah. It'd be really nice. Some class. Like a grab bag. Instead of me, like just plugging local weed stores with them, not even caring or listening. Yeah. Maybe they are listening. Probably one of my favorite parts of doing a, who's the Ross. Yeah. Yeah. The grab bag that you were given as a guest is very interesting. Yeah. Weed and sex toys. Butt plugs. Yeah. The essentials. You know, yeah. all the things. They just really like it. They yeah. really the jazz them up. Kit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as far as like preparing for a guest that's coming in, do you ever listen to an like an interview that they've maybe already done before? I do. I try to if they're if they're interviews that are written or or they've done podcasts before, um, or like radio interviews, I see I try to seek those out as much as I can because I really don't want to ask the same questions i want to get off the beaten path most of the times the things that i give a shit about are not the things that other people are asking so i I haven't had to like do too many you know hard turns away from what i expected to talk about but that's the biggest reason i do that and there's i mean there's information there you want to have some foundation maybe you'll hear something really cool in one of their answers that you can reference but mostly i want to steer clear of what they've talked about in the past on the other side of that i do no research i don't care what (laughs) anyone sounds like or what they do but they're going to have to listen to some music I found on Bang. <laughs> yeah. That's half true. Yeah, I can kind of go I can kind of go both ways as far as like I don't know. If I'm going to have a guest on and maybe you guys have had them on, I'll maybe wait to listen to it until after because I don't want your conversation necessarily to inform mine. Right. So there's yeah. like that balance of if it too. You're a little That's bit That's a different. problem I have about listening to my favorite comedy podcast before we record our show. Like I have to not listen to Mabim Bam or All Fantasy Everything Day Of because otherwise I'll start making references to that shit like I was hanging out <laughs> on that podcast and people Inside know what jokes I'm talking and about. shit that people uh, don't understand. I'll look back on it later and be like, why did I even say that? That's like half a joke I heard earlier today that I liked and yeah well Dan I will embarrass you a little bit because you and I before the show were talking about how your wieners (laughs) yeah exactly so sometimes (laughs) going to the show in the evening I'm like man I'm pretty tired this is not the thing that I would choose to do at this particular moment um, and um, so I gotta like kind of get myself in that mode. And just for the record, always at the end of the show, I'm always stoked that I did it. It's yeah, like, that's it's what we were talking 98% about. Ninety-eight percent of the time, it's like this wonderful experience that keeps me up for like two more hours into the middle of the night. But I do listen to your show on the way over to Andy's house to record because you kind of get me in that little that <laughs> pattern. I get that like the, the questions kind of flowing in my mind. That's awesome. Yeah, I so appreciate the, you, that. You're like a uh, yeah. 
Um, you're both like informational and uh, a good um, you're like a spirit guy, good example. But you're also <laughs> like um, like a, a like rain sounds when you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You're both of those things simultaneously. You're also like Fuck a yeah. micro dose of interview podcast psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, you're just a tincture of interview LSD in my glass of water. I appreciate that. But yeah, like like you said, I mean, I'm, I am the same way sometimes. It's uh, and it's nothing against the guests. Like obviously, like. I don't bring anybody on the show that I don't genuinely have an interest in, but it's just sometimes it's like, fuck man, I have this podcast to do. And like, I, cause I, I think it, uh, you know, it does take work to, to set aside the time to do the research that you're going to do maybe for like the conversation part of it. And, uh, I've been trying to flip my mindset a little bit though. And, and, uh, and tell myself that I, that I interview me, it's not even that, but I'm just like, on the days where I'm feeling like that, I've uh, it, it's uh, I've just been trying to flip it to be like, yo, I get to hang out with Andy and Drew tonight. Like, I get to do this I podcast do tonight. Thing. So, like, that's that's, that's been a big thing for me lately. Is it's like, dude, like, I have the privilege to get to fucking dick my time off for an hour and a half with you guys and, and bullshit about like mm-hmm. these fucking goofy radio shows that we kind of started. Totally. You know? My kids kind of bring me back to that too because they're such music fans too. And they'll be like, who's on your podcast this, this week? And I'll be like, oh, we're having Mike Capes on. And my son, Ollie, will be like, oh, my God, Mike Capes. Hell yeah. No way. And he gets all pumped up. And that makes me feel good because that's like, you know, that makes him proud. It's kind of like my cool dad thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. Because then he's like. And then I can take him out to like Hip Hop Day. I took him to Hip Hop Day this year and introduced him to a ton of rappers. And my my eight-year-old son at that time was so stoked to meet all these people. Well, I think that's cool as fuck for him to see, too, that, like, you are a part of this community, you know? And you know some of these people that he's mm-hmm. seeing perform and stuff is like, oh, like, that's my dad's friend. He came over to the garage. And, mm-hmm. and he's always stoked when it's hip-hop because I also love bluegrass, which they don't like. The we're going to get, we're gonna I was get into my that. Kids to bed. I was putting my kids to bed, and I was like, okay, I'm going to read, but I get to pick the book. My son Milo was like, oh, great. What are you going to read? Country music? <laughs> <laughs> That's a sick burn. It was. And he was right. He I got did. there. I read the lyrics to a Willie Nelson album. <laughs> Fuck you, kids. But it's also, um, you know, referencing something that comes up on the, on the Gregory Day episode is uh, like, how fucking cool is it that you get to sit down with strangers and, and have these conversations? Because the majority of the people that that you guys are bringing on and, and myself sometimes it's the first time we're ever shaking hands you yeah, know most and yeah. like our yeah. first interaction yeah. is this recorded conversation and i yeah. think that 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 is special you know right and that's why i mean it's this artificial space and like you have to get people to like forget about that as best as you possibly can and it's for us too we got to like get to that place where we are taking the artifice out of it and we're literally just having a conversation just act like a human being and we got to psych ourselves up into that and we've got to get them to a place where they're doing the same thing yeah it's uh how do you approach like maybe a guest that isn't giving you much and and is that where it really helps to have the co-host situation so you guys can you know fill in some of those gaps well (laughs) we recently have decided to just start talking to ourselves and yeah. each other in those situations. Yeah, when that happens, you'll see me start talking to Drew directly about Taco and Bell. It will be something completely <laughs> off topic, and, and I'll try and get the guest into it a little bit, you know. And usually that works. And you just have to 
you just have to keep going to the well. Like we've gotten to a point now where I can ask maybe two music questions and get some great answers and some conversations and let that spiral through. Um, but there are twenty or thirty other questions you could ask. So if they yeah. if they're giving you one or two words, it means you just have to keep asking the questions to find out where that I don't know where that open door is. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. So we for just listen sure. to great music, and if you tuned in for that hour, you're going to hear six great tunes that you have never heard before. So, do you think a part of that? Like maybe after having an episode like that, you have to not be like, wow, that guest didn't give me much. And you have to be more like, I didn't ask the right questions oh, and totally. take more responsibility That's for it. That's it 100%. Because a lot of times those ep- those type of episodes will really gain steam right when we're like, fuck, we've been talking for like an hour and a half. And now you're giving me this shit. Yeah. And we have to kind of wrap it up. Yeah, it's not that I'm pounding them for these answers. It's that I, and it goes back to that respect thing. We got to find the thing that they care about. Yeah, They agreed to do this. They understand that it's an interview. Maybe they're nervous or maybe I just haven't hit the right vein yet. Or maybe and I so, said some joke that deeply offended them, which really could happen. Yeah, you might have <laughs> <laughs> them off their game. Yeah, so I've, yeah, yeah, it's 100% on us when it doesn't go well. These people are doing us a tremendous honor by being there and sharing their stuff with us. So it's entirely on, on us to make it work for yeah. them. I think that was like something I had to uh, that I am still learning too. Yeah. Is like it's, it's like ongoing. okay, like you know, it's like how can I know enough about this person where there isn't an opportunity for them to not give me something? I guess yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. That's like a, I think like that will be useful in my research is just finding one little hook that they can't dodge because there's no way. It's not like I'm trying to trick them. It's I want to get them. It's got to be something. Yeah, you want to connect. Yeah, you want them to have some something they want to talk about because you can really tell when somebody's being forced to talk about something they're not comfortable talking about like right now <laughs> but we've had and we will not we only we've had one single bad interview and definitely won't and it was totally our fault we definitely yeah. did not find this person's vibe we but that is really up. the only one that i would say didn't go didn't have almost had nothing redeemable about it uh, and that was on us but otherwise people are really game i'm like and i was really bummed because i had this really good story i found about this uh, old man who threw piss on a kid. And did you was, try to tell it during that episode? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I did because it was just like I didn't remember that part. That's because amazing. I, dude. I was I was really concerned about like the amount of piss that had been thrown and how long it would take an old man to, to, to save up this kind of piss. This dude wasn't having it. It, it was bad. But I was just like, well, we're gonna have something happen. His grandfather tonight. had always chucked piss at him as a kid, and we <laughs> didn't—I didn't know that. Honestly, didn't know it. Yeah, was never mentioned before. Not a fan of that kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't his jam. No. Um, how about epic fails as far as lost recordings? Oh, Does that we happen? got one. Yeah, we had. Did a we have one really that we just like one. that. Like, well, we hit delete and it disappeared. Well, we did have a section disappear of an episode. That was really a bummer. The worst one right. we ever had. <laughs> Knock on wood. The worst Knock one on we wood. ever had. We wouldn't record it at the studio. Our guest bailed on us, so we were like, "Hey, dude, who runs the studio? Why don't you sit in and be our guest, and we'll record you tonight?" And he did, but he forgot to turn one of the mics on. So oh, there was one man. mic out for the entire conversation, and we didn't know it until it was all the way done. Yeah, he was on the boards. I've had a couple of those, and they have given me so much fucking anxiety that I wasted this person's time. I know. It, it's stressful to have to go tell them that. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, I was like one of the earlier casts. I was using the uh, the smaller version of the Zoom we were talking about. And on that um, recorder, there's there's two options. There's, there's the uh, the audio. You can track the audio through the, uh, the mics that are attached to it, mm-hmm. or you can, you know, 
record the audio that's coming through the XLR inputs. And uh, I didn't have headphones that night, so I didn't plug in. And yeah. I saw the meters going, and I said, "We're fucking good. Let's do it." And it was recording with the, uh, the mics, the mics attached. So whatever we were saying into the microphones was inaudible. And oh. it, and it was it was like a larger band. It was this band, uh, Lamolo from Seattle, and oh, I love them so that's a much. Shame. That yeah, it was fucked, dude. It was like a cool conversation. It was like one of those things where we walked away from it, and they were like. Hey, that was really fun. You asked really Ooh. great questions, and the next day, like I went home that night, fucking tried to push the file over because I always have so much anxiety about getting the file off of this onto where it needs yeah. to be, yeah. and like until it's there and I can physically see it and hear it, I'm usually like a little bit of a fucking stress case. Sure. Um, and I fucking listen to it, and I'm just like, oh, dude, this is fucked. And I was, I was just. I didn't even know what to say. I was so embarrassed to like tell this band and yeah. and they're not, you know, like a huge band, but they're a huge deal to me. And right. they're like, a, I think they're like a big band within the Pacific Northwest. Uh -huh. And it was, and I was like so honored to just get to hang with them and whatnot. But they understood, didn't they? They were like she pretty was cool. So cool about it. Of course. It. She yeah. was so cool about it. But until she said she was cool about it, I was freaking out still, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I had another instance where I, um, it was when I got this initially and I didn't realize um, if you didn't open up a new project, it would just uh, it would start recording at the beginning of another file. So I record I did back to back <laughs> episodes. So I would did, did like this one, and then right after I did another, and didn't realize I was recording over the previous. And oh man, that's you've had some you've had some you've had more tragedy. <laughs> I mean, I will knock on wood for real this time. You've had more tragedies than we've had. Our biggest challenge is like we record like you do, where all of us have a microphone in our hands. We don't even use Nate has the headphones. Yeah. Um, and if we have a band of like six people, we'll always say, "Hey, you will be talking over each other, so like try to pay attention." That's rough. And there'll be like twenty minutes where they're just. The good news is we've gotten them going, and they want to talk, but they're talking at the exact same time, right. and it's totally unusual. <laughs> yeah, and we leave that all in for you, our listeners. Often. We want you to feel that. Uh, <laughs> Those are the that ones that I feel bad that Nate has to edit, and sometimes I'll take them on because I'm maybe a little pickier than he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we uh, bail out of here, is there is there some episodes that you guys want to maybe recommend the listeners? The one uh, I start with, with, if if there's a start good entry with point, the Skulldiver episode. I love Skulldiver. Skulldiver is a really They're good one. An awesome band, and uh, they were so funny. They they've got a bunch of great stories. I like that one a lot. But you know what? I always tell people start with the newest one because I feel like we get better and better at this. And yeah. Don't start at the right. beginning. Just to go also back and check fair. out the bands you like. I mean, if you're completist, cool. I do that too. I go back and listen to all of whatever I like of a podcast. But don't start there. But there have been so many great bands, like so many bands that have been like blown away that have done it. Um, some of my favorites. I mean, I like the Autonomics episode. I love that's those are that's bands. some of my favorite guests that I've yeah. had on. I've had them mm -hmm. on a couple times. Dan's a great guy and like sort of thinks on our vibe a little bit. Like he was definitely mm -hmm. in the pocket with us. That versatile one is, is really informational. It's, really good. it's a great conversation. Mike Capes, um, Rashid Jamal, yep. Glenn Waco, all three of those dudes are awesome in their own right and they all came on separately. The uh, hip hop episodes are great. Like yeah. rappers have a ton to say and they're yeah. really, you know, self, uh, self reflective. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Donovan Tripp is one of my favorite guests. We've yeah. had him on a few times. He's got a really good episode about dealing and battling addiction and keeping a sense of humor about it. 
and that one's really good. We submitted that one to the Portland Podcast Fest, and we got in this year. So yeah. Hell yeah. That was cool. We've had, uh, I know you're friends with uh, Sam Densmore. He's been on yeah. your show a bunch, and you work with him. He and Larissa Birdseye came on. And Larry Bird. Music. Yeah. Uh, and that was a fun episode. Any episode with Larissa is great. Yeah. Especially wonderful. some of her earlier ones before she got her shit together. Yeah, she those was ones, hammered. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, oh, my God. Wait, actually, that one doesn't exist anymore, does it? Oh, uh, well, it's a really good one. We'll we'll bring, we we might have to retool that one to bring it out of the archives because uh, uh, rest in peace, Heather Hansen was yeah. on that one, too. And yeah. that one was a really R. good R. episode. Another one of my favorite co-hosts over the years. Uh, yeah, if you're curious, listen to the new ones. I think they're the best episodes. Always great music. So um, I hope that people are if they if they dig what you're doing. Hopefully we're a, yeah. A I nice think it's all in the same to, to what you've got going. It's on. the yeah. same circle to me. And and uh, I mean, if you have an ear for the Portland music scene, it, people that you know have have definitely done the Hot Garbage podcast. So you can even dig in that way. I just listened to the the Celo Panto. Oh, episode yeah. today and Those i really enjoyed great. that one Those guys but great. like andy like you always fucking like i walk away from almost every episode of your po- podcast like learning about like this new band that i'm or like a new song where it's just like this is on my playlist now like yeah, totally. which is fucking rad dude like yeah i just oh man that means a lot to me Thanks. i just dig the shit out of like what you guys do and and both your sensibilities and i'm and that dude who will make you a mixtape and then call you the next day and be like what'd you think of it <laughs> what songs really stood out for you that's so funny dude like people will be like i haven't listened to it yet and then i cry <laughs> i'll like text uh maybe like someone that's been on the show recently with something i'm just like hey this made me think of you but also like is this weird that i'm texting you like i've been <laughs> i've been texting things to, to charlie from stoner control <laughs> i'm just <laughs> like hey dude uh I think you would really like this. It's just like, is this so? Is this cool? Like, he hasn't written back and said, "Hey, we're not <laughs> friends, right?" That, like, no, that's, he hasn't. That's he the, hasn't. Good, he's just yeah. like, right on. I do that to verbs all the time, where I'll be like, "Dude, have you heard this song?" And he's like, "Fuck you, Andy. Stop texting me. I'm at work." <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, well, I appreciate you guys coming and hanging. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having us. Yeah, this I, is great. I would encourage people to definitely check out your podcast because it's a it's a super fun listen and uh it's very unpredictable which is sometimes we'll do a segment only one time and it'll never come back (laughs) if you didn't listen to that episode you don't know about it i'm talking about hat fight um i will definitely include all of your the links to to follow you all up Please do. Um, I'm going to give Andy a special shout out because he runs Instagram. It's Hurt Gerbish. Yeah. So look in the liner notes for that. It's a good follow. Andy's if you want to Absolutely. It's a great visual companion. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the most ridiculous shit that you find is it's amazing. Um, we're going to play it out with this. You you talked about Bluegrass earlier, oh, yeah. Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell us about this, this song well, this that we're going to play it out with. It's one of my favorite most recent episodes, too. This is Blue Flags and Black Grass. This is a song by the world-famous Portland musician Jim Boyer, who you might know from the Holy Motor Rounders and the Freak Mountain Ramblers. He passed away, uh, I think, last year. Maybe it was a little longer than that. But a uh, great dude, left behind an amazing legacy of music. And these guys are kind of in his same vein. They play that kind of Viper jazz style Bluegrass, which, if you're not familiar, is basically the stoner rock of bluegrass of the of ragtime. If yeah, that makes sense. Ragtime stoner bluegrass. Uh, yeah, man. And this song uh, it's called Three Sheets to the Wind," and this is just some really good. This is just like Portland Americana right here. I just love the like the. It's very lo-fi, like, mm-hmm. and it just yes. like captures the vibe so well. Like, there's mm-hmm. it's it's awesome because it's not like this overly produced recording it just like sounds mm-hmm. like they put a zoom recorder in the room and yeah. if you listen to our show they played this song on our show and they uh didn't have their clarinet player with them because he's on tour with fucking gogol bordello which is crazy oh, as fuck. fuck right uh 
but he they had the um, guitar player and the uh, fiddle player take his solos, and it's a very unique and different version. But this is this song like stirs me in my soul. I love it. Fuck yeah! Well, we're gonna get to that momentarily. We end every episode of the uh, the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is "It's a program." So I don't know if you guys want to do it together. Give it a. Let's I refuse the proper hot. <laughs> yeah, that would be very hot garbage. I feel like yeah, if you yeah. just refuse, you're like fuck this. <laughs> I'm game. You'll do it together. We'll do it. Yeah. It's a program. It's a program. Let's do it. Okay. One, two, three. It's, it's a, a program. program. That is Drew and Andy from Hot Garbage. Definitely check out that podcast. Uh, appreciate the hang again, fellas. This is awesome. Um, and I uh, hope we get to do more of this. I would love to. This yeah. has been a blast. Thank you so much um, for having us. That is the Jelly Jams, everybody. We're going to play it out with uh, this uh, Black Flags and Bluegrass. Blue Flags and Blackgrass. That too. Blue Flags and Blackgrass, which makes a lot more sense. And uh, this tough. is Three Sheets to the Wind. I will put all the links to all the tunes that we featured and all those folks so you can follow them up. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
It's a program. program.